Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Finley. Oh, why are you talking like that? It's my announcer boys. Yeah, that's a little too much, I think. Moving on, welcome to the Undisputed Podcast. All right, professional. Hello. He, he was reading. We interrupted was, his reading. I, you know, I'm <laughs> trying to find. Uh, did you guys see Tom Lawler honored us? Honored me. Honored you. Yeah. yeah honored all you. over me. That was lucky you. <laughs> um, Tom posted on Twitter uh, a, a bit of a a rap. He's a he fancies himself a wordsmith, apparently, and uh, he put together a little uh, little rap about the events. In so I think Tom must do something with the Wrestling Observer newsletter because that's where this came from. I'm not sure if he was doing an interview or he's got a spot on that show, or whatever. Who's but this? Um, Tom Lawler. Yeah. Oh, that, that's... I was talking about Tom Hanks. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Sorry, oh. Frank. Wrong Tom. Sorry. Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump paid tribute to you. That was yeah, nice. Yeah, maybe start this over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, Tom Lawler, Wrestling Observer. Um, he must do a spot for them because this is where this came from. And they obviously okay. were, he was asked about your fight. And um, he came up with this gem of a rap. Yeah, he just spit the flow. He spit something. <laughs> yeah. So then what do we want to do here, gentlemen? Do we want to give the. Um, Twitter specifics for how a listener might find said. So if you go to your Twitter page, if you go to the podcast's Twitter page, they are posted there as we speak. Uh-huh. Or you can go to the Wrestling Observer newsletter also, but they don't uh, help us out. Uh, well, gentlemen, let's uh, not keep our uh, guest this week on hold, and uh, that would be rude. And I've seen this man um, when people are rude to him. Um, and Frank and Dennis, you don't know him quite as well, but I have seen him uh, smash his shin into their legs. <laughs> and I don't want that to be the uh, the outcome for either of you because you guys all just met. So, you know, let's not get me in the middle of these things. Um, Alec Brooks, Coach Alec Brooks. Yes, are you there, sir? Thanks for having me, guys. What, a, what an introduction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make me sound man, you know. Like. <laughs> Is there any chance that you can rap as well? I'm just wondering. Uh, when I was younger, we thought we could when we were um, But that's not the case. Not at all. It wasn't the case back then. Um, uh, no, not Okay, okay. So by younger, we mean what? Like A couple uh, weeks ago. A couple, right? Or, you know, like t- at, when you were 10? Uh, yeah, I was drinking real heavy back then. Uh, no, I was like my early 20s. Uh, okay. So, but probably when I was like 21, 22. Yeah, something frequent. It would come up in conversation, try our best. So, some 
know, rap song that was popular at the time. And, uh, no, yeah, it didn't. Uh, it, we, like I said, we thought it sounded cool, and then the morning, we, this wasn't a little uh, messed up. Okay, gentlemen, I gotta ask: Is that uh, spotty audio um, on your end too, or is this just me getting here in the spotty audio when Coach talks? No, spotty here too. Okay. okay. Um, uh, hmm. I don't have uh, headphones like a mic. That's good right there. That's good. Yeah, you're just gonna have to hold it. Okay. Yeah, I can hold it. No problem. <laughs> your phone. You I don't. Sorry what? about that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not quite the professional with podcasts here. Yeah. Same. Either way. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the show. Well, it really <laughs> depends on what you're holding. Like I held a number two for a long time last night. Whole <laughs> ride home. Uh, yeah. Actually, on the second leg of our flight. Yeah. Got That's pretty fun. rough. Yeah. By the time I walked through the door here in Ormond Beach, it was. Uh, it was go time. Came on. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my insides were telling me like, hey, listen, you know, you may just hang out for a bit here and not necessarily mad at you, but if you don't get somewhere, wherever you are in the next 60 seconds is where this is happening. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So just wanted to share that with you. That was great. That was Sharing great. is caring. Mm, yeah. All right. So where were we here, boys? Um what do you think? Do we uh, we we finish up with uh, Lawler's um, rap, or do we get into uh, Coach Alex's uh, credentials here? Because this man was not um, a drunk that I found off the street. You know who um, who I asked like, hey, you think uh, you think you could throw some hands? <laughs> um, Let's start there. All right, all right. So uh, I met Alec when. Uh, I started uh, training Muay Thai, um, uh, just MMA in general, at the jungle in uh, Orlando. And that would have been when I moved. Uh, I trained at a, I trained some jiu-jitsu at a Gracie place in Oviedo, which is in Orlando, uh, where I lived at the time. But then spoke to Tom Lawler, who we had just spoken about. And Tom was one of the founding members of... Uh, the Jungle MMA and Fitness, along with Mike Lee and Seth Petroselli. Uh, these are the gentlemen that Coach Alec Brooks uh, works for at the moment. And that's how I met um, young, the young Jedi. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I remember one of the first weeks that uh, you came in. We got along pretty much immediately just because I think you probably had some Bang Boy tie shorts on. <laughs> and we started talking about all that. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It was, uh, it was a good little connection from the start, man. You know, you just you had good technique, good skills. You were willing to listen to someone who was younger. Than you. That's a problem that I come across sometimes. Um, I'm 28. You know, a lot of coaches in the area might be in their late 30s or, like, early 40s or something like that, more veterans in the sport. Um, but yeah, no, you didn't, you didn't have a problem with it. You know, I think in your head, this guy works here. He knows what he's doing. And I appreciate that. Um, you put a lot of faith and trust in me over the years with learning this stuff and me being a coach and helping you out with everything. So I do appreciate it, man. It's not always, uh, not always as appreciated there with, uh, some, 
some guys more your age in the gym. I've told you before, I get the guys who don't respect me that much are the ones who are a little bit older than me. I, they, whatever reason, whatever reason they might have, they just sometimes they don't do it. Yeah, I think for some people it, it may be a difficult thing. I, for me, like, I don't know, I look at martial arts as just something where, like, it's one of those endeavors in your life that if you really fall in love with it, you'll do the rest of your life, and hopefully at no point do you feel as if, like, oh, I have nothing left to learn. And then that means that, like, I can learn from literally anyone. And I think for me, the biggest thing coming into there coach and meeting all these new people was like I've always been very much a stickler for technique and um, you know your technique is spot on and in everything and I remember one of the first things you helped me with was kind of tweaking a little bit my wheel kick and uh, I don't remember what the change was but I was throwing a better wheel kick after just a couple days of that conversation and uh, it was like you know the proof was just in the pudding and, and you can see People can hide shit here and there, but when you spend like a few days, you can't hide it forever. Like eventually the, the person comes out. So yeah, yeah. I could see the, the technique came first and that was just always something that, that really was, uh, would make an impression on me. So yeah. Well, I'm glad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very much reciprocated. Um, so coach, you are the, Muay Thai instructor at the jungle. Um, I know coach Eric is, uh, holds similar title to what, what exactly is your title now? Cause I know you and coach drew, um, over the, the time that I've spent at the jungle, which has been on and off a bit, but I've watched as you and coach drew another, uh, coach slash fighter. Um, and I say fighter because coach Alec fights, uh, MMA, and was fighting Muay Thai prior to that, um, as well as coaching. Uh, but your and Drew's jobs have seemed to increase over the years, we'll say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I first started working at the jungle, it was like four hours a week doing like some simple desk stuff. And then I started working my way to kids and then started doing adults. And then I was there full time. Um, but yeah, I've been there. It'll be, I think, seven years yeah, years in January um, will be since like the first time I ever walked in there. I've been working there about six years now. Um, I've been mo doing Muay Thai almost 10 years. You know, I've done boxing. I've done, you know, like Dutch style kickboxing, jujitsu. I've been doing for a little bit now there, uh, about six years. Um, started doing martial arts when I was a kid. Um, Coach Eric is one of the other striking coaches there. Um, I teach the most uh, classes at the downtown location. Coach Drew teaches all of them over there at the uh, Lake Mary location and quite a few of them at the downtown location as well. But Coach Eric, another phenomenal guy, another phenomenal coach. One of my he's helped me increase my skill um, and knowledge in Muay Thai. Been there quite a long time. He's been doing Muay Thai for like 14 years or something like that. The dude has a lot of experience, has some great fights, um, undefeated as a professional um, kickboxing fighter. Uh, he doesn't really compete anymore, so he could, but I always tease him every year. I was like, this is going to be the year. Eric gets back. <laughs> and he actually did two at the beginning of 2020, and then uh, the world had other plans. Sure. That didn't happen. Coach Drew, phenomenal guy, phenomenal coach, phenomenal fighter as well. Um, can't say enough nice things 
he has helped me a lot. I fight camps. He's my main pad holder. He is, in a sense, you know, my striking coach when it comes to MMA fights, just because he's had a lot of MMA experience. He's great at holding mid. Well, he's been for a while. Uh, I've through a lot. Uh, Break breaking up a bit there. Okay. Can you can you hear me? All right. Is that better, guys? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Drew and I help each other out a lot for fights. Um, he's a black belt in Taekwondo, I believe. Um, he's been doing Muay Thai a long time, doing Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling a long time. Overall, just a phenomenal athlete. Drew is one of those guys that can do bare-knuckle boxing, uh, karate combat, MMA. He could do a Muay Thai fight. He could do, like, combat Jiu-Jitsu. Like, he could do everything. The time timing just has to be right and money just has to be there at this point. All of it. So basically, Frank, don't get any ideas because Drew could kick your ass. It's a bad dude. It's yeah. a bad dude. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> just want everybody to be in their place on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, just phenomenal coaching and staff that we have there. Coach Enrique is another one of the coaches that he teaches mostly boxing. Yeah. Uh, but dude kicks it, man. He's 60 years old. Has uh, hip replacements done, but man, he can kick higher than all of us. And uh, really, yeah, dude, he's great. I love that guy. I love that he's there still coaching and being a good dude and helping people out at sixty years old. Awesome. Love. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. All right. Well, um, we actually, uh, I know Coach Alec has a fight of his own. Uh, Coach Alex fighting uh, pretty much just MMA at this point. That'll be coming up in December. So we uh, would like to extend the invitation for you to come back as that fight gets closer, Coach. Um, I guess, Frank, correct me if I'm wrong here. Let's get um, let's get uh, into the preparation for this fight that, that we just did in uh, Dubai. Um coach was part of uh team fish i guess we'll call it um absolutely the other members were my uh, my beautiful wife and uh andy roy um <laughs> yeah so that was in essence that was team fish for uh, the past week over there and uh, we went over to dubai we had a great time i mean we really did and uh, we came back with a so that was my first professional boxing fight, and I am officially one and zero with one knockout. Yes, so yes, congratulations sir. to me and the uh, heralded coach Alec. Um, I mean, honestly, if I look at it, like as far as what the outcomes could have been, and they were numerous. Um, to be sitting here right now having this conversation, and to be one and zero as a professional boxer. Um, TKO, I don't know, couldn't, couldn't hope for better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I guess unless you just knocked him out the first punch that you threw, that'd probably be better, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, coach, we talked too about the likelihood of there being a leg kick that, that came out somewhere and that, you know, that would have been a whole different outcome. Yeah, <laughs> there was <laughs> damn near a belly to belly. Yeah, yeah, you know, 
They're all so. Let's go back to. Um, I, I think a great place to start is um, when I signed for this fight. Um, I wanted to do kickboxing or uh, MMA. Uh, kickboxing, I, I've done three amateur kickboxing fights, so that was kind of the lane I was looking to go. This came about, fell into my lap. I believe we've covered it on the podcast a little bit, the, how that came to be. Um, so we won't rehash that, but it was the Floyd Mayweather undercard. It only made sense. I had not been training uh, that much at the jungle at that point. Um, I got busier with pro wrestling again, and it just, you know, schedules. So I called Coach Alec. We spoke. Um they knew a few boxing coaches because I thought like, okay, that's kind of what I need. I need a boxing coach. And, uh, when I went in for the first time and, um, hit some mitts and stuff with coach Alec, just to like, you know, just get some of the rust off. Um, the conclusion I had come to probably 10 minutes into the session was just, what am I doing? Like, why am I looking for another boxing coach? And I have this right here. He knows me, and we've trained together, and there's uh, a familiarity there, not to mention a wealth of knowledge. And now, granted, Muay Thai and kickboxing are far different from boxing, but, like, you know, and it's not as simple as, like, oh, okay, well, you just don't kick. Like, no, it's very nuanced. Um, But I knew that the skill level of Coach Alec and the knowledge of Coach Alec was – exactly all that I could have been looking for. So before the end of that session, I had um, asked him if he would, if he would just be my coach and, and do that as opposed to just coming in and taking classes and sparring and being friends and, and whatnot. But like, yeah, we're going to, and, and he was all about it. And um, off we went. Was there anything else uh, coach that you, uh, remember or, or anything that sticks out to you from from that kind of build up yeah um i was just honestly thrilled that you said that you know it, it meant a lot to me that you put a lot of faith and trust into me and what i know and what i can do um like you said i'm i'm not exactly a boxing coach uh it's not my specialty do i know a little bit about boxing yeah uh i i don't know it 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 made me happy that you put all that faith and trust into me there for sure. And I knew we weren't going to waste any time. Like I do with any other fighter, we're going to get right to it, come up with a game plan, figure out who you're fighting, watch some tape, go from there, learn about them, figure out how we can uh, expose their weaknesses and play to your strengths. Um, And that was just that, you know, after you asked me to do that, we got all on board with it. We started figuring out more information and started flying there everything that we needed, anything that we would normally do, you know, any one of my kickboxing guys, any one of my MMA guys, we find out who the opponent is, get a game plan going, start strategizing and um, putting the work in. And it's kind of just as simple as that. Yeah. And um, so uh, Dennis, Frank, any, uh, any, anything in that process that uh, you are wondering about? Was the uh, prep time, ample or is it too short of a window because it seemed like from mid-september to november is that normal or is that right about the same time um i would say yeah about an eight-week fight camp is pretty normal um it it may have been just a tad short just because 
Um, you know, like we Bobby had mentioned that he is, it wasn't in the gym too regularly for a bit. Um, and you know, that happens. He moved, you know, he was busy, you know, getting married or whatever, you know, just since all day. <laughs> but uh, no, he was busy with a lot of important things in his life. And then this opportunity falls into his lap. With the amount of time that we had, I remember the conversation I had with Bobby. We were working very specific boxing techniques to start. And then I thought to myself, I was like, nah, this this isn't going to be enough time to get him to do this. Because for one, it's not his style. Bobby likes to press forward at people. He's not going to like hang back and you know, kind of Mayweather stuff. And you know, oddly enough, we were fighting on the, uh, the Mayweather undercard, but it's not his style. He's got more of a, um, what I've heard anyway, to be a Mexican boxing style where you, you know, put that guard up and you walk forward, you pressure people down, you hit them heavy, you hit them hard. That's more of what he does anyway with Muay Thai, with the kickboxing. So he was going to do the same thing with boxing. Um, but we got what we needed done in the time that we were given. We came up with a good game plan. Um, we tried to execute everything in the fight. Didn't have as much time to do everything, but certain things worked really well. I remember being super proud of one thing that we had drilled a lot, and it worked very, very well. Um, yeah, it, it was a decent amount of time. Could we have had more? Sure. Um, but I think we did really well for what we were given. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't have asked for, um, you know, for a better outcome as I sit here today. Um, I did feel like when the fight ended, like I was just kind of getting comfortable. So um, I guess that leaves me with still a little bit of a, a scratch to itch and not necessarily a bad thing. Um, there, There is a second fight to be had with Global Titans. Um, preliminarily, we're talking maybe sometime in February, but, but we don't know. We don't know who it's against what exactly it's going to be. Um, fingers are certainly crossed for it to be kickboxing or MMA. Um, I think kickboxing is the one that makes the most sense. I think that's the one that has the best odds of happening with Global Titans. Um, but yeah, it's all kind of up in the air. Let's see. Um, as far as the uh, preparation, uh, there, there were definitely a, a few <laughs> hiccups in the road. Um, <laughs> So Jalik uh, can remember back to uh, first day of uh, conditioning training that week and uh, first sprint I did. I'm pretty sure I pulled my hamstring. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, is probably par for the course when you're um, about to celebrate your 46th birthday and you decide, like, fuck, now is, now is the time um, but I remember having the, the self-talk conversation where it was kind of like, you know, like for the first 10 minutes being like, oh man, what are the odds? And, you know, woe is me, blah, 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 the way that all of us as human beings do. And then also thinking about the fighters that have come through the gym, like Coach Alex him, him, himself, and that you hear it all the time, just being a fight fan, like, oh, you get hurt in camp, et cetera, et cetera. And the more you think about it, like, as the layman, I think people, they misinterpret that. Like, we're not talking, you know, like 60% of camps. No, 
I would think, and Tom Lawler would have been another one to, to talk to you about this, but like almost every single camp, there's not one injury. There's multiple injuries because the amount of hours that you're putting in hitting pads, sparring, if it's MMA, you're wrestling, you're doing jujitsu, you're doing all these other things, and then conditioning on top of it. Like the body's only got so much to give. And so these injuries, um, they are, you know, they pile up. And, and the conclusion I came to was like, okay, I'm not the first guy that was starting a fight camp and, you know, quote unquote, pulled a hamstring or hurt himself on the first day. Like I can sit here and feel sorry for myself and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to pull out, miss this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. Or I can just be a fucking man instead of a, not a man. <laughs> and, um, and do something different and just make a different decision. That's kind of what it was. And it's, it was that way through the whole camp because then there was another instance not long after that when it came to sparring. A little bit of, uh, ended up with uh, six s- stitches over my eye. Um, and that was a couple weeks into the fight camp. Not something we could share at the time, but now I feel like, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, whatever. Um, so again, it had just different obstacles and reasons to go, ah, you know what, I, I think. We'll take a take a mulligan on this one. We won't we won't participate. But I I don't know. I mean, you would know better than I, Coach. Um, is that kind of the norm for fight camps? Injuries, yeah, and don't forget sickness too. Illness. I mean, that happens, and it did happen to you. You got sick yeah. at this point, and it killed your gas tank for what two or three days. Yeah, you were killing it, doing like six rounds of mitts in a row, and you got sick. Uh, you came back that Monday, and you were dying again after like three. But by the end of that week, you were back up doing like seven rounds. It just, it is what it is there, and you made it through it. Um, but yeah, injuries, man, all the time. It is, it is a damn shame. It's just kind of built into the sports. Um, I mean, several sports, I'm sure. Anything heavy contact, you know, or just a lot of explosive movement. You know, uh, even things like golf. I imagine sometimes somebody twists the wrong way and they pull their back or something. Like, I don't know. You deal with it. Get through it. Uh, yeah, I've had my injuries and in fights. Everybody does. You had the hamstring. You had the eye. You had the sickness. And thankfully, that was about it. Um, but yeah, no, that's just part of it. It happens so often. It happens every fight camp for pretty much everybody to an extent, you know, not everybody's going to get their eyes split open, but, um, you know, one of our guys, uh, Lucas, another phenomenal fighter and coach at the gym. Um, he teaches a lot of fitness classes, does a lot of private lessons. Um, but he, uh, right before his fight, I think at the last last sparring session so like the week before the fight he messed up his shoulder but he was like i'm not pulling out of this i need to get through this fight and i need to win and then he's ready to go pro now that he just needed that last fight to go pro he he was supposed to have that last fight way earlier in the year and things got messed up um but yeah he was uh he got it done he uh got out there fought beat the dude really really you know, decisively, but then choked him out in the third round. So didn't even have to go to the judges. But yeah, he had his shoulder injured, made it through it. You know, yeah, it, it's rough sometimes, but it is what it is. 
I, I think the conclusion I've come to with all of it is like it's uh, the, the most growth in our lives are on the other side of the difficult things that happen in our life. And, and as a kid or a person growing up, like you play sports and you um, you confront these difficult situations that you don't see other places. And then you learn things about yourself. I mean, Frank, I would think that you could talk a bit on that as well from your years playing football and how many um, lessons you gleaned or things that you just learned about yourself from a difficult scenario in football, you know, whether that be a game or practice or the fact that you're competing with, you know, maybe a friend of yours for the same spot or whatever it is. It's like these things are what kind of shape the human being and the adult that you're going to be. And uh, I just, I, man, I can't imagine without these little uh, lessons that I got to learn firsthand and continue to learn, obviously, because I just turned 46 and I just, you know, did this. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I, I don't know where my life would be without these things. You know, I, I just don't think anywhere near the, the good place that it is uh, without it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, well said. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Frank. Thanks. Um, so getting to the event in Dubai, um, obviously there's, uh, there's some mileage to, to cross and, uh, there's some, some, uh, passports to be, uh, checked <laughs> baggage and all that other stuff. Um, so that in and of itself was, uh, some, some fun as far as uh, as far as getting there coach what were your um so is that your f- not your first time out of the country right because you just got back from italy yeah no, prior I, to that shortly was italy the first time out of the country not technically i've been on okay. a mexico um okay. that's so close it doesn't feel that yeah, far yeah those kind of count but kind of yeah <laughs> yeah Going to Italy and then Dubai felt way more out of the country being on the opposite side of the, the world. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, Dennis, um, as far as excursions out of the country, what's the uh, the furthest away from the old good old USA you've been? Bahamas. Yeah. Like, that's, that's about all Bahamas. I've done is, like, the Bahamas or Montreal when we were in, like, seventh grade. Did you guys um, fight anyone from Ghana in the Bahamas? Um, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I did. I had somebody <laughs> ask me. I had, oh, What's Frank, it, Kamala? You got in giant, yes. <laughs> oh, Frank, things come full circle. Oh, no. Wow. The only thing that I was offered in uh, in the Bahamas was uh, a chance to party. That was it. It was the weirdest thing Jungle ever. Juice? On the street. Like, literally, um, literally uh, the guy walked up to me. He goes, you guys party? Oh, I'm he like, wanted to give you a hand job. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> In my nose. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, listen, I mean, as long as you don't have to do it yourself. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with doing it yourself. But they do say you'll go blind if you do it too often. I don't know. I'm not yourself. blind yet. So I got glasses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that was I, I'm pretty sure that's why I wear glasses. <laughs> when I was a younger lad, I couldn't really keep my hands off myself. I'm handsome. 
yeah. So anyway, um, Dubai, whew, boys, I would imagine if not for this scenario that I would have ventured to Dubai for anything um, in my lifetime, uh, especially with the potential now to maybe go back in February. I don't, it's crazy, but man, Dubai, and uh, please jump in where you feel you'd like to coach, but Dubai, what a place, man. Yeah. Holy <clears throat> shit. Certainly amazing and definitely different from anything we have over here. We saw the Burj Khalifa, which mm-hmm. um, I think for the first three days I called it the Wiz Khalifa because um, I'm that I've, I've jumped a shark that poorly. I, I thought my kids would get a laugh out of it. I sent them a picture of it and I said, "What girls the Wiz Khalifa?" But no response. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Uh, they were busy. I didn't get it. That stuff going on. I don't know what this <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> but th- so as huge of a place as it was, I've never seen a cleaner place in my life. Wait, 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 seen. wait, wait. You're saying it's clean at Auburn, New York? Come on, Frank. Let's be reasonable here. Let's be reasonable. Yes, of course. Holy wow. shit. Wow. It's like wow. the antithesis of all New York. <laughs> What was the food like? Um, What'd you eat? Coach, let you take this one first. Oh, man. The food actually messed me up a little bit. Oh, yes. Still- <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we had uh, we went to a Lebanese place called Zor, and uh, I got basically three food items. I got um, these vegetable samsas that were good. They're just basically fried dough with stuff in it. And then I got baba ganoush and baba ganoush. Dude, I hated it. It was awful. And I told me <laughs> that they're like, what? It's so good. And I'm like, no, whatever I had was not what you're explaining to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Like guacamole, but it tasted like shit and <laughs> weird consistency Fucked my stomach up, and I was not happy. Two out of ten with that, and would never, <laughs> ever again, or else. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't care if the old lady next door is like, here, I spent eight hours making this baba ganoush for you. I would throw it on the floor and step on it. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> there were some that we ate that were good, but that was just what stuck out most. I was like, yes, like, we're going to this real authentic, like, Lebanese place, and it's going to have, obviously, really great stuff. The one thing was good. The other thing sucked. And, uh, yeah, I'm, like, still dealing with how that's affecting my body right now. Um, but, a little bit of Montezuma's revenge. Yeah. Defense, coach. That'll, that'll, uh, that'll sour anyone on their experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you um, had some good stuff, though. Y'all, uh, y'all ate. We did. We ate. My wife and I had some some of the best food we've ever had in our lives there. Um, one was at that place, Zor. Um, there was a, a salad that I got to start with that was it was uh, eggplant and uh, I don't remember what it was, but it was delicious in, in a crazy way. Um, we've talked about it before on this podcast. I'm vegan, so I won't soil my hands with your filthy meat, dairy, 
peasant pieces of shit. <laughs> and it was no different there. Uh, the vegan options were actually really good there. Even the, the hotel restaurant where we stayed um, had some had had a great like uh, um, plant based chicken strip and falafel salad that was really good. Um, my wife and I ate at this Green Earth Cafe where we had this like almond butter toast thing that was out of this world and then an avocado toast thing that'll make you slap your mother um just yeah food was good food was good i love that when we got to the hotel that first night and uh you know you were talking about the vegan steak tacos i was like yeah that does sound good but you shouldn't have that it'll probably be (laughs) and it won't be good for your weight cut Yes. So when it comes time to order, you're like, so not the tacos. The order your <laughs> like, what will you have? And I was like, I'll have the vegan tacos. <laughs> yes, yes. Coach healed me on that. Yeah. And without even having a full understanding of, of how he turned heel or what exactly it means to turn heel, but he did. In that moment, he did. <laughs> That's um, a good heel. Yeah, yeah, he was right, right. He was flexing his uh, his heel muscles there. Um, so that brings us to another interesting uh, point here. Uh, Coach just brought it up: the weight cut. It was a weight cut in this thing. Dennis, Frank, have you ever uh, indulged in a in a weight cut? No, I'm cutting weight right now. Oh, hey, he knows too. Oh, look at you. What do you got coming up, Frank? Survivor Series. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, WWE doesn't weigh you. Mm. You know, you're pulling a Michael Elgin right now. <laughs> you are. You are. And I just got to explain to the wrestling fans out there what that is. Because Elgin used to um, wear, like, uh, you know, the sweats. And the, the plastics and whatnot. We'd be on the road, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get on the treadmill and do the the whole thing." And it's like the misperception that some people have, and I have to assume that that's what this is. But that that you are actually losing fat in that process. You are you're like you're losing nothing but water. Yeah. Like the only. It's like going to sauna. Yeah. The only thing that changes is the number on the scale. That's it. So if you are a pro wrestler and then you are putting on the plastics to go garbage bag, sh- right. To go sweat in your cardio. Like, <laughs> you're, uh, you're what some would call an asshole. <laughs> anyway, I'm not here to judge. It is, uh, it is what it is. So you're making weight. <laughs> right. I had, so we, the fight was at 185. And uh, through this whole camp, I was 195, which Coach assured me was no big thing at all. Every step of the way, it was like, it's not a thing. And, and as camp went on, like, we were, we were putting in the hours. And we started doing extra rounds, um, limited rest. We started doing uh, – there were these airdyne sprints that – the first time, the first week we did them, they were like death by airdyne. I mean, it was some of them, like, 
one of the most horrific feelings I'd had in my athletic career. And it was only three rounds. And uh, anyway, for some perspective, by the end of the camp, I was doing seven rounds of those. Um, and not to, you know, pat myself on the back, just trying to give it a, a metric here. Um, but uh, we get to Dubai and the first time I step on a scale after having weighed pretty much no heavier than 196 the whole camp, I was 201. Yeah. So I'm sweating that a bit, you know, no pun intended, but coach was cool as a cucumber and was like, eh, all good. I'm not worried about it. It's nothing. No, man. What day, what day is this going to the fight? Like what, what's the timeline? Got there on Tuesday, right? We left here Monday. Tuesday night. I think we ended up finding that scale probably Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Somehow. Right. So Wednesday, fight on Sunday. Yeah. Is you were- on a scale. 201. No, and I got to be 185. And um, what's that? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. So four days. And uh, like I said, I, I give the credit to uh, to Coach for not being excited about it at all, not worried, not anything. And I just um, I just followed the instructions. Um, I will say this: <laughs> there was a little bit of miscommunication when it came to finding a sauna. Um, you know, a sauna for anyone who's familiar with weight cutting and water loading, et cetera, and, and all the, the happy nuances of that, like a, a sauna is pretty essential. And uh, nothing derogatorily coming my way about the company, uh, or, or I'm not putting it out there, but, but there was just the miscommunication, and this was one of those things where, like, you know, when you're cutting weight, even if it's a little bit, like 10 pounds, or what was going to be, like 16 pounds, um, yeah, I mean, you're just not the greatest of moods. And, you know, to have that line from A to B to kind of have different hooks and slides to it, lefts and rights, yeah, it's tough not to get a little annoyed. And, and that's kind of what happened. But um, we did most of the weight cut in the hotel gym. <laughs> Yeah. With, uh, I'll have to post. Uh, I'll have to post some pictures of it. I believe my wife has them on her phone. But we did. Uh, it was a like a, a self-contained sauna. What would you call that, Coach? A portable sauna. Portable you basically sauna. set up the skeleton of it, then you put the uh, fabric part over it, and then there's a little steamer portion that connects to it, makes it nice and hot. You sit in that for a bit. But yeah, portable saunas. I have one at my house. My roommate. Kenny, who's a pro fighter, has one. We've sat in that stuff together and died together. It was, it was great. <laughs> times. Not a lot of room in that thing. So the two of you were in there together, Coach. I mean, were you like, you know, <laughs> wheel, wheelbarrow <laughs> style? Was it like uh, the Undertaker's uh, tombstone pile driver? <laughs> Up on the chair while I was cutting. Feet, so. All right. All right. <laughs> now we each have one. I just want to have the proper visual in my mind for later. Take from that what you will. So just to add a little bit of a comedic visual to this. um, So we get it that night. We go to the hotel uh, gym and uh, 
Coach Alec, myself, uh, Andy Roy, my agent, my beautiful wife, uh, we're reading the directions. We're, you know, sticking sticks together. We're, you know, linking tubes and pouring water and uh, getting this thing going. And then, um, and then we do the weight cut. And uh, if you know me, and, um, you know, like I would say, it's, you have to kind of know me somewhat intimately. So my wife would fit in that category. Uh, Coach Alec is another one of those people who can, uh, is a card carrying member of some of that, being that um, a lot of hours on those mitts. Boys, I'm a sweater. And I, I don't mean like Christmas sweater. Ugly sweater? <laughs> I'm a sweater. So, uh, like, so for this whole camp, I had two sets of wristbands I would wear on my elbows um, for a coach so that he uh, tried to save him from some of the sweat that would fly off of me while doing it. I'm a a moist individual. And um, (laughs) so to have me in that portable sauna um, and – kind of encouraging the sweat uh there was it was it was a pretty comical scene you know my 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 wife coach alec me looking like the kleenex in a kleenex box and then (laughs) my agent on the incline bench um catching some z's i mean literally he wasn't throwing the iron up he was what's that he wasn't throwing the iron up uh i mean no no he was um Definitely catching the disease. <laughs> yeah, for like a whatever. I don't even know how many hours was that, Coach? How long were we in there? We were probably in that gym area for almost two hours. It took us about, ugh, man, it took us a while to set that thing up. But then you were probably in the sauna and out of it for a little over an hour. You didn't okay. have that much to do, and like with the with everything that we had going on and how much you do sweat. Yeah, you lost the weight pretty quickly, and uh, you were more than fine. And I told you, I told you, sir, over yeah. and over again that you were going to be just fine with the economy. Yeah, yeah. I, having this been the first, like, actual weight cut, I think that, like, I'm designed for weight cuts because this was maybe pretty easy. Like, for me, the water loading phase of it was, like, super easy. And I know you had commented on that, but, like, get it. I, I just – if it's time to drink water, I just drink water and then yeah. just, you know, just put it down. I yeah. don't, I mean, I, I feel full sometimes, but even then it's like, okay, well, if I got to have more water, I'll have more water. I wonder, Frank, um, if this is from the early years in Colony Pop Warner, when I, you know, in order to make weight, I had to drink because I was too <laughs> That's light ass. That's where you learned it. I started that at nine years old. See? For drinking chugs of, of water and thinking like, oh, is this like child abuse? So they don't supply you with a gym? When you when you guys go there, you're working out in the hotel gym? Yeah. We were. Actually, even outside of it, technically. We didn't even really work out in it that much. We went outside on like the pool deck area. Yeah, let's just put it this way. There, there was some complications in those arrangements. Um, and you, again, what is ideal is there anything ideal? Like it's a fight camp and fight camps aren't ideal. And if you're waiting for it to be ideal, well then you're never fighting. 
it's like the same thing. It's kind of a microcosm for life and why people probably learn so much from these things about themselves. It's like, if you're waiting for ideal, it's not coming. There is no ideal. There's no perfect situation. Like you're going to deal with some shit and it's just, it's what life is. Yep. And you can either get on with it or you can bitch and moan and be the martyr and, uh, and let it be what defines you. Wow, this is getting pretty, wow. pretty motivational like, here, you know? This has literally been like the deepest podcast I think we've put out so far. <laughs> All right, well, let's got- start talking about some, let's start sharing some dick jokes or something. Okay. <laughs> Can't have our yeah. reputations tarnished. <laughs> Bring on the dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, so weight cut went, um, went really, really well. I didn't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, uh, I didn't love it. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like I was enjoying this thing, but, um, I, yeah, I felt like I, uh, I took to it. All right. And, um, made weight. I was actually 183. Jesus. Yeah. 183. I fucking told you drink some water. I was like, You're yeah, fu- <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was interesting too. We get to the fight and, uh, find out that my opponent is quite a bit lighter. He was like 178. Um, but then when they're announcing me at the show, they announced it as the fight weight was 178. And then they announced my fight weight as 183. So I'm like, okay, well then did I miss weight because the fight commission signed off on everything? Like, what is happening here? So I think there was a little bit of a little less than uh, definite uh, communication going on there. But uh, the fight was at 185. Um, both fighters made it. I believe he was 180 or 178 or something, and I was 183. Um, yeah, so I want to steer this, boys. When it, do we want to then just get into? Uh, okay, what so was we're, a, we're go ahead, Frank. What was the pre-fight uh, festivities like? Are you shared, shared a picture of you. I think was it Roy Jones Jr. with? Like, what was the press conference like? What was all that kind of pop and circumstance like? Uh, there were a couple things. There was the the weigh-in. There was a press conference. The press conference was a whole thing in itself. Um, you know, a lot of t- things took a, uh, quite a bit of time, uh, but they all got done. Um, I did get to meet Roy Jones. What a what a uh, what a gentleman! What a gentleman, and you know, arguably one of the best boxer, boxers ever to do it. So. Um, you know, an awesome box to check for me. Uh, I'm sure for Coach Alec as well. Um, he has a Bobby Fish. He has a an official uh, Fish Tank Fight Club T-shirt now. Um, not sure if that goes into the you know the gym clothes bin or if that's in the Roy Jones Jr. Good School Clothes uh, closet. I'm hoping for the latter. Um, but you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah, very cool, man. Very cool. Those were the that was the highlight of the festivity of the pre-fight festivities for me. Uh, Alec, uh, coach, any uh, any pre-fight festivities that that stick out to you? Yeah, I mean the press conference was definitely a long one. Uh, meeting Roy Jones Jr. was great. That was awesome. Thurston Shields was there, and that was great. That was so cool. I didn't expect her to be there, and then I didn't even realize she was like four feet in front of me. 
um, until Floyd was talking about the female TBE, you know, the best ever, the 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 quote. I was like, and then Clarissa, like, oh no way. So I had to get a picture of her afterwards. Um, it was nice to uh, create. Um, that was great. Some of the stuff that we did on our own that we didn't have like fight related. During Dubai, we had stuff that while in Dubai. We both wrote samples. Of the, um, Coach, watch your audio there. Breaking up a little. Uh, sorry. What was the last thing that you heard? Gentlemen, I'll defer to you. I caught. I think you rode camels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bobby, Aaron, myself, and Andy all did this dune excursion um, uh, tour all on different days. Um, but, yeah, we, we all did the same one. We got to ride some camels, some ATVs in the dunes, and um, some other stuff. It was, it was a good time, though. I had a lot of fun doing those things while we were there. We had to. Yeah, it was real. I mean, I'll, I'll say too, it was that was probably one of the coolest days. Um, I did it with my wife, which obviously, you know, I, to get to do these things with my wife, I can't under, I, I can't overstate how much of a deviant, uh, a deviation that is from so many of the years I spent in professional wrestling. Like me, I'm on the road and I'm in Japan and I'm, I'm seeing these cool things and. I'm doing it. And it's not that like the, the boys you're doing it with don't become family. I mean, Christ, I used to travel a lot with Kyle and like we're, we're best friends. But, you know, you're you marry your wife because you want to have her around. <laughs> so to be able to do this stuff with my wife, I can't um, I can't express enough how uh, awesome that was. Yeah, we rode a camel and we're in the Sahara Desert. Me and my wife, um, I posted a picture of us in the, uh, I forgot what they're called, but they were, they were, they wrap around your head and they're basically to keep the sand. And like, I can say this in those sand dunes, sand gets everywhere. Like places you didn't realize were places have sand in them. Um, hmm. I'm still finding it, you know, here home in Ormond beach. Uh, but <laughs> man, so much fun, dude. So much fun. Uh, my wife and I did, instead of the ATV, we did like a two person, uh, little like, buggy deal um and that was fun man that was cool because i've ridden a a four-wheeler before but i'd never done one of those and then um my wife drove on the way back um i'd say she was probably you know i don't want to admit it but she's probably a little better at the driving than i am but then again i'm not a good driver you know we all have talents in this world frank and uh driving's not mine don't judge me for it. Just make it bad, guy. Doesn't. Doesn't. Uh, we did some uh, sandboarding. Coach right. Alec, what were your thoughts on the sandboarding? Uh, I fucking suck at sandboarding. <laughs> uh, really, really bad at it. Uh, I ate shit twice, and uh, the group I was with, I was the only one who did the sandboarding. Um, <laughs> so it was just those people watching shit. And, uh, but it's funny. I got a good video out of it and, uh, I, I don't really care. I get beat up yeah. for a thing. It didn't bother me to get on a sandboard. They're like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, only you knew. <laughs> like, I ate shit on that thing twice. Um, so I definitely, uh, know how to bump in the sand dunes. Um, and then my wife goes down on it seated the first time 
and ended up, I'm pretty sure she was almost back in Orlando by the time she stopped. <laughs> um, she had to come all the way back up that hill. And that was the toughest part, was coming back up because the sand, like literally your feet are sinking like uh, two feet in as you're trying to come back up the hill. Um, but then my wife also did it standing. And of course she made it all the way down the damn thing. Uh, meanwhile, her um, athletically gifted husband, um, yeah, you know, if I made it five feet in front of the thing, I was lucky before I was on my ass. But yeah, all in good fun. Um, our camel took a weird liking to me. Um, I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> I, you know, we have the pictures. Congrats. Um, yeah. Wow. So. You know, give it, uh, give it nine months, and, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this thing turns out. <laughs> so that brings us, gentlemen, auspiciously to fight day. Fight day. Yes, wrestling fans. Walk us through the process. Okay. You what get to the. What do you you mean get to the. Through? You get to the Coke Center. Coke I don't mean, I don't mean <laughs> Coke Center. I wish they called it that. <laughs> Coke Center. <laughs> we got to copyright that. Uh, okay. How, yeah. Let's start. Let's go before that. How'd you sleep? Um, slept well that night. Yeah, slept well. Uh, you After the weigh-in, like, you get to eat, which is a huge thing because there was a point in the, the lead-up where – we do the weight cut and then you even stop drinking water as a whole. Like you stop consuming anything. How many hours is that coach? Uh, a little less than 12 hours before I would say like you, you had your last meal and your last half a gallon of water on uh, Friday before noon. And then you wait in Saturday at like 10 AM. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, that Friday night we did, like, the sauna and everything. And you, you woke up on weight. You didn't have to do anything else. Uh, but, yeah, that was that. I think more than anything what it is, is is kind of this. And this is, like, being a little bit of an adolescent is that it the, the most difficult part was once you tell me, like, okay, the cutoff of all food is here, you somehow barter in your head of, like, okay, well, then I'll just drink water. I'll throw some BCAs in it, be a little bit of taste. I'll chew some gum. You know, I was finding ways around. But once the water is being taken away, like you're literally left with, well, I, I can kind of brush my teeth. I suppose. <laughs> like there's literally just nothing left. And uh, I, got, uh, I got acquainted with how big a part of um, – consuming food and drink is in my daily like life and and how many times like i just break the boredom with shoving something in my fat face whether it be a drink or something to eat and so when you know you can't you do nothing but think about those things so i think that that's probably the most difficult part of it um but yeah you just get it all under control and um and we went to bed and we woke up and uh, I felt good. I mean, I really felt very, very good through this whole camp um, and through right up to right up to fight. Uh, there were a couple days in the fight camp 
And then even this week in Dubai, where I would be skipping rope or whatever and having a hard time catching the rhythm and then feeling like, man, just not, I just don't have it today. Dennis, Frank, I'm sure you can relate to like days working out. Some days you're in the gym and you want to be there and you feel great. And those days where you're like, fuck, I'm earning my money today. And I, I had a few of those um, start, but didn't finish any of them. Like they all picked up somewhere in it. And I don't know if that's the norm for fight camps or if it was just something in this one or whatever. But even the week of... Um, you know, there were times that I think a, a less aware me might have gotten down about the way that I felt on a few different things, but just pushed through it and uh, felt good. So fight day really was was feeling very good. The uh, nerves a little bit, a little bit anxious, um, but I think that that and that was a conversation that Coach Alec and I had, um, and I was grateful for it, uh, where he kind of helped calm my nerves and, and had expressed like, well, if you weren't nervous where there wasn't any anxiety i'd probably that's be a problem more. i'd probably yeah. be more surprised what was the game plan like uh coach game plan uh well we knew who he was fighting didn't know too much as far as um his height or his reach or anything like that it was very hard to find any stats on it um, he ended up only being about an inch taller than you when you both had the boxing shoes on. Like he really wasn't that much taller. Um, somewhere between me and you with height, you know, uh, we're not that far off either. So like, it was just, he wasn't that tall. So we had, uh, some game plan, uh, strategies based on some of his habits, some of the things Bobby was good at, and then just, um, you know, trying to be, uh, different in a sense. Like we were working things like hand traps, you know, um, setting up, you know, fainting a lot, attacking the body more, not just being like a straight head hunter. And Bobby listened on a lot of those things. And what I brought up earlier, I was very proud of that post that we had worked. You found it at one point, you posted with that left hand, you cracked him with the right hand and made his head, head turn. And uh, yeah, I remember watching that and I was like, hell yeah, that was like hundreds of reps just coming through. <laughs> At, like it was great to watch uh, but yeah we knew his forward pressure was going to come through he was going to press forward at the dude back him up keep him on the ropes um you know uh your uh, muay thai clinch came in handy more than once one time we got you in trouble um but uh yeah i mean just everything we worked there it was working really well we didn't get to show everything that we wanted to though just because it didn't last that long but yeah it is what it is and uh you know, everything that we did work, though, still happy with it. Still proud of it and still proud of you. So, yeah, it was, it was good. It was really nice. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed myself uh, when it came to the proximity of the action. Um, I realized that that Muay Thai clinch and that stuff is like, it's involuntary. Like, it's just, it's there from the sparring and uh, the fights that I had done before or whatever it is. And, and I think that that's kind of, um, and boxing again. So we talked about it earlier, Frank, about the, the subtle differences and whatever, like in boxing, when there's a tie up or the proximity is too close, um, one guy grabs another guy, vice versa. And then they wait for the ref basically to break it. 
And even if there is some action there, the action is really kind of just pitter patter and, and it's for show more than anything. And then it gets broken up. Um, so I was feeling anxiety in those moments because at first I was, you know, collaring him and then twisting him the way that we do in, in Muay Thai. And that's, again, that's the muscle memory. And I, I, like I said, I wasn't really thinking like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. That's just what came out. And realizing his reaction was what it was, like he wasn't really prepared for that. And the, the way the rules are in boxing, like, you, you know, there's probably some of that, but not all of it. And where's the line drawn? And so it got a little bit confusing. Um, and then with it having only gone like two rounds, there was two points that I know that I watched where I definitely grabbed a clinch, spun him, turned him in ways that were advantageous to me, um, but then also got reprimanded and forewarned from the referee. So there's one towards the end of the fight where I, I go back to the clinch and I twist him. And I actually, I can remember uh, watching it back, consciously thinking to myself, like, no, you can't continue to, um, impose contact here like you need separation and i did and i i tried to throw a punch and the punch ended up missing but it was um it was just me kind of gaining an understanding for how much of that i could use and then where i need to you know pump the brakes uh and then unfortunately the fight came to an end so um, we weren't really able to explore that any further but i definitely felt like i was starting to see things that we worked on and that was cool this whole thing just this whole process of changing and learning yeah i mean i, I couldn't have uh, asked for for more really. well that begs the question what's next um go to disney world all right i think you and mickey big a fight mickey mouse from, oh. mouse Right, I just said Mickey. Um, I just said, oh wow, I have brain dead voice. You said Mickey, and I'm like, Mickey Gall? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the only asshole in this world who, when you say Mickey, I think Mickey Gall, not Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I got a Mickey Gall hat with the ears. And <laughs> What a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Not, not him, not him, me. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, we do have a fight. We do have a second fight. And Frank, it's against you. Okay, that's why I'm making weight. Yep. Uh, uh, explains a lot. <laughs> yep. It's going to be in the mug. Okay. The mug is the name of our high school gymnasium coach. Wow. Yeah, do it in the mug. Well, it was multi-use gymnasium. It wasn't just named the mug. It was, it's an acronym. Just yeah. Oh, uh, was it? Multi yeah, multi-use gymnasium. Oh. There you go. I, think they I got mean, it. the original one was called the Pit, and I think that's because it was literally like a fucking pit. But well, that wasn't an acronym. Purposeful, intermittent faculty. Touch all. Did you say faculty? The faculty doesn't start with a T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said piff. <laughs> the piff. 
<laughs> just heading down to the pit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to the, the point here. Yes, Frank, um, we're thinking maybe February uh, Global Titans. I am uh, under a two-fight deal. So there is a second fight to fulfill the contract that is supposed to happen. Um, February is what has been discussed, but it's not been set in stone. And opponent is not uh, been set in stone. Um, Should I call Jake Paul? <laughs> unless uh, Jake Roberts wants to dance. Uh, we can call Jake Roberts. <laughs> I don't know which is a tougher fight. Jake Sneaky. Yeah. Both of them. Well, which Jake then? Which Jake you talking about? Jake Snake? We can go Jake Snake, yeah. What was Jake, the backstage? Jake Steak. There's Jake the Steak. Jake the Steak. Yeah, yeah and you come out with ribeyes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll kill you. Yeah, that'll kill, well, you. kill me. I'm a vegan. You're a vegan. I'm a vegan. I am. Coach Alex, a vegan. Um, fight number two, I would like to kickbox. 100%. Me too. I would love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So much more than boxing, more than MMA, but MMA would still be cool. But, yeah. you know, we're just, I don't know. I'm not a boxing coach. You're not exactly a boxer. You should do kickboxing. That's what you love. That's what you do. That's what I'm good at coaching. Um, I think if we're going to yeah. put my best foot forward in the second fight, whomever it's against, uh, kickboxing would be the way to do that. But like I said, I, I am open to, um, and I'll say it here because it's my podcast, so mine and i can say whatever i want <laughs> within reason if we don't you know so we don't get canceled Why, how is that even a thing like cancel call it's just so hoy all right i digress um kickboxing would definitely be my best foot forward and i would like to put my best foot forward so for fight number two that's what we're angling for uh right now Maybe sometime in February, maybe a little later. I don't think there's a chance of it being any sooner. Um, but yeah, if you're out there and you're listening, um, so open contract right now. All comers, come get. Well, some. this one's with Global Titans, but then then my my commitment to them is over, and I don't know if you know we got to talk. We might do something else from there, but um, there's room after fight two for other stuff too. So let's make this thing a party. I don't know. And I, 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 I can't explain enough how, how enjoyable this process was to me, this whole thing. And then being able to bring my wife over and like, I mean, if we're going to do it in Dubai again, I mean, it's going in my contract. Like my, uh, my daughter's got to come too. Like we can't, this is, you know, it was fun. It's good. I, now, Frank, Dennis, uh, we can we can try to work it in the contract, but we're going to have to do a podcast there. So your wife came with you to Dubai? Yes. Okay. She did. And when you go back, she's going with you? Um, if I have it my way, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, there were definitely some frustrations for her that have made her make the statement more than once. Like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'm hoping we get enough time in between the, the last one and this one. And, you know, maybe she forgets 
about some of them, and, and then she just, you know, next thing you know, she's on the plane. Or, don't forget. They don't forget. Or, no, they don't. Well, get, that, get that in your head. I just got to get her drunk. Okay. I'm going to go back to uh, what you said before Frank asked about your wife. If the stipulation is that we can come with you to Dubai, but we have to do a podcast there, I have no problem with sitting with you guys for like an hour and a half and just recording a conversation. I'm in. <laughs> and uh, that's I, okay. <laughs> Even. Uh, all right. Yeah. As long so, as I don't have I to mean, fight anybody. I guess the facts of the situation are this is there is a second fight. It's going to be with Global Titans. We don't know what it's going to be. I'm hoping that my. Uh, Feet. I'm hoping that the uh, most educated feet in professional wrestling will be on display because I will say this is I am itching at this point to get back to the jungle and get in uh, some kickboxing classes because <laughs> my yeah. shin guards for, you know, two months now have been sitting in the back of my truck. And every time I go in and take out my bag with my gloves and my shoes and my rope and my egg weights, et cetera, et cetera, my shin guards are looking at me like, hey, the fuck did we do? Why can't we go inside anymore? <laughs> I think for the next fight, you need a robe. The robe? A, a you robe. need a robe. You need a, a robe, robe like Rocky. Like Rocky. Like Rocky uh, with the uh, meat packing? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, I didn't know if you meant like Rocky or if you meant like the nature boy. Well, either or. Yeah. I think it'd be spectacular. I think it. What? We I think it'd be spectacular. I think it would be spectacular if you came out in a fucking ring robe like Ric Flair. That would be. How about fun. that ring robe like Ric Flair on a donkey, riding a donkey like to it. the ring? Coach Alec holding the the rope on the donkey's face. <laughs> Coach Alec, oh, that uh, hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Uh oh. By the way, this is about the time in the podcast where shit gets off the rails a little bit and we start losing it. <laughs> see? It see? Uh, see what I mean? There's the donkey. <laughs> you know what's coming next, boys. Oh, I don't boy. think Coach Alex ready for it. It's coming. <laughs> Remember how I said we go off the rails a little bit? Yeah. I'm a yeah. right here on this podcast. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been drinking, I've, been, I've been drinking all day, guys. I'm shifting. Ben <laughs> <laughs> 30. Uh, I've put that bottle and a half, Jack Daniels. <laughs> the real training. Yes. Yes. Uh, the real training. I don't have a problem, though, Frank. I don't have. This is very manageable. Very manageable. I'll be to work on Monday. Oh shit! Tomorrow's Wednesday. <laughs> Next Monday. <laughs> Next Monday. Uh, all right, boys. Take us home. Um, well, uh, I look forward a to fight two, um, wherever that will be, wherever that takes us. Uh, Coach Alec, if you will accept my invitation, you are you are with me. Yes, sir. Permanent member of Team Fish. Um, and I look forward to also to uh, the podcast number two with Coach Alec Brooks. Uh, that will be sometime as we get closer to when is the fight again, Coach? December 
Uh, well, you brought it up earlier, and I wasn't going to say anything, but you're bringing it up again. I uh, am not going to be fighting in December. Oh, shit um, balls. Yeah, I uh, decided not to. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just, I'm not 100% in it, and you shouldn't fight with that being, yeah. like, the mindset right now. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so you know, just being with the fight, I'm not putting any of this on you. I'm not like it's your fault that I'm not fighting. No, it no. was your fault. It was your fault. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, Frank, you're a straight shooter. You're a straight shooter Frank. <laughs> I just didn't get to do as much as I would have liked to find. Part of that's my own fault. I didn't get up and go run on the treadmill, maybe like I should have, or you know, whatever. I did one workout and it wasn't even that hard and um, and then, you know, I'm not feeling great still from some of the food and I didn't train tonight. I'm probably not going to train tomorrow. Um, so it's just taken a toll there and, uh, I wouldn't be ready in that time. I'd be too worried about it. There's no sense in rushing. So what All is, right, well then let's do some of this now then let's at least give the listeners an idea of what, because you're not just my coach. Um, Obviously, you're younger than I am. Like, I mean, I think you could be my son. Um, <laughs> you've been – how many fights uh, amateur prior – like, what's what's the fight career here? A little bit. Let's just touch on it. We'll come back and we'll get it another time. Sure. So, I've done three kickboxing fights and two MMA fights. My first kickboxing fight was when I was 20. Um, and then I did a couple more. Uh, and I took a very significant break between my last kickboxing fight and then my MMA debut last year. Um, just dealing with stuff, not wanting to fight, you know, being a little uh, depressed at one point, but we made it through all that. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, then I was like, I have to fight. What am I doing? I was spending so much time coaching and like, I still have this dream of being a pro fighter where you can't be a pro fighter without first doing your uh, amateur MMA. So I uh, got my first M amateur MMA fight in March of or no, May of 2021. Um, that went well. I choked the guy out the second round. Um, second fight was here. I knocked the guy out in the first round. And then I was supposed to have two more this year, technically. Didn't happen. Um, and then this third one that I was supposed to have in December is not happening. We're shooting for January, though, for the next one. Awesome. And I think that's going to be just fine. It'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, then we will revisit that whenever this gets sorted. And yeah, I think the next time we do like a round table, we'll bring in the filthy one. Oh, oh we'll have filthy back. Okay. We'll have a little bit of a round table discussion about the finer arts of mixed martial arts. How's that sound? Wow. Maybe it would be the finer aspects of mixed martial arts. Or we can do that too. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Loved it. Coach, uh, you and Filthy Tom met uh, numerous times or a handful of times. What's the uh, deal? For sure. I met him at the jungle a couple And then we had somebody competing in Vegas. Um, and he was there because he had people from his gym at the time there. Um, I, I think he might still be there. I don't really know, honestly. Um, Syndicate MMA. He was there. And yes. Okay. Yeah, he he had a few people from that gym fighting. We had one girl from our gym fighting for a belt. 
Um, and yeah, I met him again there, but yeah, I mean, um, I hope that he remembers me and knows who I am. Um, you know, so oh, he remembers you. He had a lot of nasty things to say about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he Filthy things. He's not, he's not forgotten oh. you, Gooch. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Tom," and I was like, "Fuck you!" And no, no. <laughs> yes. he was super, nice, super good guy. And I we went over some uh, just fun stuff. One of the first times I met him, talking about certain techniques and doing all this and that. He was a good guy, man. He's very helpful, very cool, and it would be awesome to chit chat with him. Yeah, yeah, we don't like him much up here, but <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Oh, I feel good. I feel good. That was a, that was a, that was a, you've been doing some breath work. You've been meditating. That was like a, uh, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. You got to breathe in, breathe out, brother. Yeah. Well, Hey, next week we got a guest that's uh he's a breath work coach. We got, we got something on tap for the listeners. That's uh, it's not your norm, um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to actually be pretty cool, Coach. I'll, uh, I'll let you know um, where you can hear it when it's up and we get it all, all sorted out. That sounds good. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, Frank. I'm good. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Dennis? Yeah, I'm good, too. Okay. Everybody's Say good. Night. Uh, Frank, wait, 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 wait. Don't do this again, Frank. Don't do this again. I, you guys. You know. I can lead the horse to water. How about Try thanking it. our thanking our guest for coming on? Okay, thank you, Coach Alec. Uh, Dubai was a blast, and uh, I can't wait to get back to the gym for some. I really, I am, I'm in need of kicking some stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to have you back, and guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to tape my arms um, down at my sides for the next, like, three weeks at the gym. Just going to kick. <laughs> Just going to kick. Um, yeah, so we thank our guest. I thank Dennis, Frank. Yeah, it's good that you're here. Good All right. And the millions of fans. What's that? You're saying? And the millions of fans. Oh, I thought you said the, um, that it's only fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. We still don't have one of those. We got some. Oh boy! All right, All right. listen. Say good night, Bobby. Good night, Bobby. <laughs>